know the ground gets fairly cold in this room. Warm those toes, jump up on your feet and give a really, really, really loud warm welcome. Kelly Wishart, who's leading Kenna. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Good morning, everybody. I'm so grateful that you are here. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Give me the microphone and let me talk to you about CareNet because as a church, we have actually achieved something great and I don't think you all actually know the scope of what we do. So today we're going to cover a few things today. I've got to, if I start talking into my clicker like it's a microphone, I apologise, that'll be embarrassing, but I've already made it embarrassing by mentioning it. So anyway, today we're going to talk about CareNet. We're going to talk about where we started, how we started, who we are today and where we are going. But first, I just want to start with a moment of gratitude. I just want to say a massive thank you to every single member of this church that has really embraced this program and run with it. You know, everybody here has, has given something. You've, you've inquired about it. Some people have given finances. Some people have donated food. I want to be incredibly grateful. I am incredibly grateful for our volunteers. Um, who work so hard. Yeah, give them a hand because every week, two to three times a week, members of our church and the community um, are coming in and, and making this all work. And I want to be really express my gratitude to the partnerships in the community services and um, within Manningham, Banyul and Nilambik that we have um, that the we've entered, you know, because without all of these things, without a supportive church and community, without volunteers and without partnerships, none of this could happen. All right, so, and we have a few special guests in the room today. We have, as mentioned before, Michelle Kleinert from Manningham City Council. Over here, give us a wave. Hi, Michelle. We have Kerry Wellington at the back, who is the coordinator of Diamond Valley Community Support. We have Ellie here from Green Hills Neighbourhood House and she is the pantry coordinator there. And we have Chris Montford at the back who is well known in Manningham area and has a lot of um, experience in community services and was the manager of Ajani Neighbourhood House. So, hi Chris. So, thank you all for coming. So, let's start because I have a lot to tell you and you don't want to be here till dinner time because I could talk about Kenneth for that long. Kenneth started as an idea in 2018 because Beck Owens and Dave Owens, who are now the pastors of Wildpath Church down in Frankston, came to me one day and said, Kelly, we have a food bank account and we, they had been using it to feed people in Frankston that were low, in hardship, low income. Some of them, there's, there's a lot of homelessness in Frankston. They had been using this food bank account to serve that community and because what happened in their church changed, they were no longer going to use our food bank account. So that's where I had this moment of, oh, if we don't use that, we're going to lose that. And I know that there is a lot of need in our society for food stability. At the time, I was working as a youth homelessness worker for Berry Street through the north and west of Melbourne. And I was seeing lots of young people and families in housing crisis, 
at risk of homelessness. I've seen lots of women escaping family violence and young people escaping family violence. And also seeing that we, we were already in 2018, 2019 in the midst of a housing crisis. Yes, housing affordability is a big problem. We have, we're very blessed as a country to have Centrelink. However, Centrelink does not allow somebody to live above the poverty line. It's still very difficult. It's still kind of, it helps them, but it still keeps them in hardship. And so I knew that there was something we could do. So I went and spoke to Lorna and I said, Lorna, I think we want to feed people. And Lorna was all for it. Then I went and spoke to Safira, who also is a community service worker in the area. And she was like, yeah, great idea. And then I went and spoke to Matt and Matt said, let's do this. Okay. So in 2019, we started with about 200 kilos of food a fortnight. We had one little cupboard in that kind of funny shaped room behind the coffee station. And we were giving out five to seven hampers to approximately 10 families by the end of 2019. And we were, people were coming in, we'd let um, other services in the area like Ajani and Doncare and the council know that we had food to give out and some services were sending them our way and just word of mouth, yeah? So by the end of 2019, we were thinking, this is good, it, but it'd be nice to help more people. We know that more people need help. How do we get the word out? Well, enter 2020 and the answer to that question is a pandemic, of course. <laughs> No, that's not why that happened, but, but it did happen. And what we saw in 2020 was our program go from this one tiny cupboard, 200 kilos of food a fortnight, to by the end of 2020, the entire youth hall, we move about a ton of food a fortnight, or yeah, fortnight now, probably a ton of food comes in and goes out and we give out 60 to 70 plus hampers a week. So, but it didn't get there straight away. So at the start of 2020, a few significant things happened. So obviously COVID, I think we're all sick of talking about COVID. We know what it did. We know what it's doing. It's still with us. We want it to rack off. But anyway, COVID, right? We... Um, one day as a youth homelessness worker, I walked into the doors of Diamond Valley Community Support to network with them a bit and talk about how to engage at-risk youth into their space and their service, and I met Kerry Wellington. And we got talking about young people in the area that were experiencing homelessness and how we could help them. And then we got talking about emergency relief and food relief. And Kerry was preparing to do this emergency relief expo that COVID totally broke. And we and I started and I said, oh, well, we've got this little program called CareNet where we do food relief, you know. And that kind of was like, oh yeah, cool. Anyway, I went on a holiday over to Vietnam. I'm really glad that I got back from there because I got back from there to a world that was kind of mental, yeah? And two weeks later, we went into lockdown. Now, we all admit that lockdown was a really significant thing for um, the people in Victoria. Lockdown meant that families that were small business owners, families that were in casual employment, um, and individuals, they lost their employment, they lost their income. Um, people that didn't think they lived so close to the edge practically fell off the edge. Yeah, I think we all have a new understanding of what hardship is. I think if COVID's done anything over 2020, it's made us realise that actually hardship really, really can happen to anybody. Like we knew that, but now we know that. Do we know that? 
because I think now we all know families and friends who were fine in 2019 and never thought that they would be in such an insecure position in 2020 and now they are. Okay, so I just want to point out as well that there can be a little bit of misconception around hardship that it is the person's fault that somebody has clearly made some poor choices and they've ended up in hardship, okay? And I just want to bust open that myth right now because it was true before COVID, but it's just more obviously true now that hardship can befall anybody, okay? And it is not, does not rest on the shoulders of the person that is experiencing the hardship as it being their fault. So let's just take that off the table, okay? And in that, when we provide food relief, we don't provide it saying, oh, look, you've made some poor choices, but here you go, we'll help. No, because that's just not the truth, okay? So we provide food just freely and we believe people, but we'll talk about that later. So a few really significant things happened. I met Kerry, I met Diamond Valley Community Support, and the Food Collective Project started. All right, I'm going to let Kerry talk about that in a moment. Um, we also joined the Manningham Emergency Relief Network, which is all the services in Manningham that provide emergency support and food relief. Um, they get together once a month and they talk about what's going on in Manningham, where are the needs, how the service is going, and, um, and what do the services need as well. So that was a really good... Um, network to become part of and we also received our first grant in, two th in 2020. Thank you to Manningham City Council, the Community Grants Program. They gave us a $16,000 grant to start a mobile pantry and also bolster the project that we were already doing. So we've got the pantry here. Did you all see my beautiful... I've never had a crush on a trailer or a car before. <laughs> but I'm crushing hard on our trailer. I love her. I don't know what her name is yet, but I love her, okay? So we've got our trailer here. So those things happened, and I'm, I'm flying through this because I've got a lot to tell you because a lot has happened, right? So you can see on the screen, the pictures, when we moved out of the little room and into the big room, we kind of just popped around some trestle tables. We took over the ping pong table in the middle and we just started piling it high with food. And also in 2020, we had other community groups support us. We had Eltham Lions. They helped us buy our first installation of shelving. Um, and Bunnings also contributed to that, Bunnings Eltham. And, we, and Lions of Nillimbic have also been a really big financial support to us. Um, and, and they also ran some food drives in lockdown for the Food Collective and CareNet. So I just want to pay tribute to those two Lions groups. Can we just give them a hand? Because there are some incredible community groups out there. And I've got to say, Eltham Lions and Lions of Nillimbic are two really wonderfully supportive groups. So we moved into the hall. By the end of 2020, we were 70 plus hampers a week. We had 70 to 80. I think we more now have 80 plus families on our client list. We purchase 400 plus kilos of food a week from Food Bank and we, um, we pretty much bring it in and send it out. We've also started doing um, food rescue through a partnership with Audi Lower Plenty, where we rescue approximately 200 kilos of unsold food a week that was going in the bin. 
And I want to tell you, the food wasn't going in the bin because it wasn't edible. It's because there are rules around supermarkets that they can't sell it within X date and there's shelving days. So like two weeks ago, we got 20 T-bone steaks. Like in date, fine. Yeah, rescue them from the bin. 50 kilos of bread in one day, eggs, fruit, veg, incredible. So we now also have 15 shelving units and we're talking about more. We have 12 plus volunteers and we're working across three days a week and we have partnerships with more than 10 community agencies out there. So that's incredible, yeah? And, and we're, we're actually quite a small church. But we're a small church with a big reach and a big heart, yeah, and, and a community of very generous, passionate, caring people. So I put a little comparison there just so you can have a quick look from 2000 to 2000, 2019 to 2021. And that's an increase of, oh, look, over 800%. Actually, in 2020, we increased 800%. Um, and that was because the demand increased, but also we entered into partnerships with other services. So that's, that's incredible. I'm going to invite Kerry up because Kerry is the coordinator of Diamond Valley Community Support. They do a lot of emergency relief in Banyul Nalimbik. And, um, and Kerry also heads up, or wait, I'll give her an introduction and then you can clap, Tim, but I love your enthusiasm. Kerry also heads up the Food Collective Project, so I would love you to hear from Kerry about what that is all about. Yeah. He'll unmute you. I'm unmuted. Thank you, oh, oh, now thanks. it's dangerous. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here um, and you know this is such a great opportunity and um, Kelly said before that she could talk about this for hours, well I could talk about this for hours too so we've got time limits just to make sure that we um, stick to something. It's now a conference guys. <laughs> it's now a conference. There's food here, we'll be fine. <laughs> and coffee. Yep. So we're good. We're good. Um, I guess my role uh, for today was really to talk about um, Diamond Valley Community Support's involvement in the Food Collective Project and our partnership with CareNet because from our perspective, CareNet's been the most significant partnership that we have had at least in the last two years, but probably longer than that. Um, and I won't talk too much about what happened, you know, when we started up, but I can say that in when COVID broke everything, um, so many organisations around Banyul and Nilambik shut down. They closed their doors for a whole range of reasons, either trying to follow government processes, volunteers couldn't come in, loss of funding, a whole lot of things happened. And where I sit in Diamond Valley Community Support, we were reliant on a food relief service up there that ceased to open, its, uh, ceased to function essentially. And at that point, we'd only just met not so long before that. Yeah. Yeah, luckily. Um, and at that point, we were we assist essentially about two to five thousand people on an average year, um, and we all of a sudden didn't have a food relief service, um, which meant that the impact on our communities, the impact on our organisation, was absolutely massive. So that's when Canet entered the picture, and we went, "Hey, let's let's work on this. We we might be able to work on something together with this. We could do something. We could do something." And um, hence, the Food Collective Project was born. The Food Collective Project um, is actually a huge network of more than twenty community groups, organisations, food um, distributing services, clients-facing organisations 
groups that are raising money and food and awareness, schools that are being involved. There is so many people and groups and organisations that are involved in this project that the reach has just grown significantly. Um, we are giving food out to at least 10 other organisations that are seeing clients that would not come into us um, and potentially would not come down to CareNet. The reason for that is there's a whole lot of complex reasons for that, but there's people that are experiencing mental health, family violence, housing, people that just can't get to us because they don't have petrol in the car to drive down to us. And we saw that in lockdown. We had people coming down to us, no food, got to our doors and went, actually, I've got no petrol, how do I get home? And that was a, an, a very, very regular occurrence. So to be able to work together with these organisations through CareNet and the Food Collective Project actually meant that we could get food out to people where they needed it really, really quickly. Mm. Um, but that's actually one small uh, part of the significance of the impact of the Food Collective Project. Yes, it's food. Yes, it's clients. Yes, it's building relationships with other organisations. But I want to talk about something that I see um, at, a much very, at a very different level. And that is, so we formed a partnership based around similar values, and that's compassion, that's empathy, that's non-judgmental um, ways of relating to other people, that's non-discrimination, that's supporting people when they need it, as they need it. That's valuing and honouring everyone's own human journey and own human experience. Those values form the basis of the Food Collective Project. And from that comes these really strange concepts that don't really get talked about too much out there, which is sharing. Oh my gosh. Sharing. No. Yes. We don't. We do. Oh, we do. We share stuff. We share stuff because we want to help. Mm. And that's the foundation. From that philosophy, let's say, um, at Diamond Valley Community Support, we've been talking about running a forum to eventually establish a network of um, government organisations and service providing organisations for a long time. No one was really interested. Oh, they were, but they had some reservations around it. When COVID hit and this was born, some of these people at other organisations and councils went, oh my God, you guys are sharing stuff? Wow. No. How do you do that? It's Shock. funny that that's a real block for services to share things. It's yeah. a real block. And it's come from a history of funding environments where organisations are set up to compete against one another, where sharing stuff is actually not a very sensible idea in, in your business model, where sharing ideas and resources and, you know, working together has not been traditionally for the last 50 or so years, mm -hmm. but that has swung back the other way now and we're starting to see the value of partnerships being recognised all over the place, which is great. Woo. Awesome. And so from, from this whole idea, we started talking to councils, COVID broke stuff, and they went, yeah, actually, I think we might be ready to talk about this. And so from that, we developed at Diamond Valley the Collective Impact Forum for Emergency Relief. And we brought together 30-ish organisations to talk about this idea of sharing, of working together, of the impact that we could have for the community and for other organisations and how massive that would be. And all of a sudden people went, oh, this sounds like a good idea. We demonstrated through the Food Collective Project, through the collaboration, that we could increase the capacity of other services. We could yeah, increase the capacity of organisations, of community groups and obviously of people. 
that was what they needed to go, okay, let's run with this. From that, we established the Banyal and Nilambic Emergency Relief Network, which has just been launched in January. We had our first official meeting. From that, we have um, developed a whole lot of new projects and new strategies with this framework around working together mm. to make a, a huge difference. So CareNet, what you see here with the food going out and the food going out at Diamond Valley Community Support is absolutely massive. But what this project, this collaboration has actually done has changed the way that government organisations, local councils, other organisations out there work together. It's changed the philosophy, it's changed the values and really we're, we're modelling a new way of working. Mm. So I think that is actually really cool. Yeah. That's pretty ace. That's pretty Thank you, Kerry. Is that, yeah? Oh, that's it, unless that's you want good? me to keep talking. No, that was good, was that good? That was good. Thank you. Thank you, Kerry. Um, so some, some really practical examples of how these collaborations have worked and what sharing between agency looks like, yeah? So we're talking about sharing resource, but also kind of um, identifying what services what strengths lie within services and what barriers lie within services? So, for example, Green Hills Neighbourhood House are really great at engaging businesses and communities for large donations, yes? Ellie's nodding, yes. And they reached out to the brand Thank You, who are a great brand, for nappies. And Thank You came back and said, we'll give you nappies, five pallets. There you go. And then Ellie went, oh, oh five pallets of nappies. Um, but then Ellie rang me and said, okay, we're going to struggle to pick it up. We're going to struggle to store it. Um, if Can you help? And then in return, we'll share some of the donation with you. So Ellie and I and Liz went out with our trailers and our cars. We picked up probably more like three and a half pallets of nappies. Um, and now you, there's a mountain of nappies in Kennet, which we have stored some for Green Hills. And Green Hills, because Green Hills, so the, the strengths and the barriers there is they're great at getting donations, but not great storage, yeah? And not many drivers. Whereas we have storage and volunteers, but we don't have a lot of business relations, yeah? So that's kind of one of the practical ways of sharing. Another example is two weeks ago, I picked up 50 kilos of bread from, um, from Aldi's and went, oh, and then rang around and said, great, you know, who needs bread? And you just you give it out, yeah? So we've broken down some of those barriers around um, this is mine, that is yours, and we're in competition for funding. And we've also broken down some of those barriers um, around, well, hang on, I need my clients to come to me. I don't need, I don't, you know, like kind of some collective data as well so that we can be accountable to our contracts and our funding. But the... the, the people that we should be first accountable to is the community members. They are the people in hardship and sometimes it's a bit difficult at formal structures. You become accountable to your contracts and your funding and your grants more than you're accountable to your people. And so the Food Collective has been able to flip that a bit and really put the focus back on the people. What do they need? How do they need it? Let's do that. All right, so that was great. Oh, I've gone backwards. I don't know how I did that. All right, so 2020, who likes a graph? Yeah, I like a graph. So this is our graph. The blue is the food and the hampers that went out and the orange is the hampers that were given out from here, okay? And what you can see, this is um, Feb through to December 2020. You can really see 
Feb, March, oh, a little bit of COVID, what's happening there? April, lockdown, and up and up and up. Where it plateaus in June, July is um, we're kind of coming out of lockdown and then that big spike again that is that second lockdown in Melbourne okay and every lockdown since has been worse than the one before in terms of what we're seeing people coming every lockdown has broken a new layer of people okay um, necessary lockdowns okay sure but to an extent I don't know I don't know anyway it's been there's good and bad things about lockdown <laughs> So in 2019, for the whole year, we gave out about 150 to 175 hampers. In 2020, we gave out, well, my data said at least 2,075 hampers. In 2021, not even at the middle of the year, we have already given out over 17,500 hampers. Okay? Hundred, seventeen and a half hundred. Too many zeros. Yeah, one seven five zero plus hampers in half a year. So we're going to crack three thousand hampers this year, and that's the trajectory that we're on. And that is why working together is so important. So who is CareNet right now? We have a few values that have really been talked about a lot in CareNet. They're common threads in CareNet. CareNet has these three core values. Respect. We respect all cultures, all faiths, all sexualities, all gender expressions, all people. You can come into this place and you can be safe. You can feel safe. We will accept you. We will respect you. Okay? And from that comes when we do food relief. When we invite people here who are vulnerable and in hardship, we invite them here to receive some food relief, not with the motivation to have a religious conversation, okay? Because that is respect. If we respect faiths and sexualities and all these diverse things in the community, when we invite them in because they're vulnerable, we respect that we're not inviting them in to change anything other than their food insecurity. Okay, so they come here to find a safe place, free of judgment, we serve everybody, we love everybody. The other thing about respect is when somebody walks in the door and says, I need help, we believe them. We don't question that, we don't say, but do you, you drive, you know, look at the car you're driving, but do you, no, 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 we believe them, okay, we believe women that are coming out of family violence, we believe people in abusive situations, we believe people that can't put food on the table, we just believe you because that's respect, oh, clicker, all right, secondly, dignity, we feel that it's really important with food relief, with the food that we provide, that it is a dignified process, there is no dignity in giving somebody sloppy seconds, Okay, and I'll tell you now, coming to CareNet or any of our partnering services that do food relief, it's not, the, it's not your number one way of shopping, okay? You're not choosing to do it that way. If you, when you're thinking about what you want to feed your family, you want to walk into the supermarket, you want to choose your products, and you want to be able to pay for it yourself. So people come here because they really, truly need it. And what we really want to 
provide them is a service that increases dignity. So we do our best. Food relief that is dignified looks like nutritious food that is good quality, it's desirable and it's recognisable, all right? I, I used to work with some young people in different um, housing situations and, and occasionally we'd order them a food box and they, it'd turn up and it'd have things like bok choy and a swede in it. And they'd be like, Kelly, what do I do with that? And I was, you know what? I don't actually even know. Um, so we really do our best to put recognisable food, but we do recognise that recognisable food means different things to different cultures. Okay, so we do have a variety of stuff. So that's food with dignity and the dignity of respect of believing them and providing them with something um, that we can, you know, that is that you actually want to take home to your family. And our third one is generosity. We are a church and we capitalise on that. Whereas some other services, they have to have caps because of funding, they have to track their data, they have to have eligibility, they have to do those things and that's legit and that's fair enough. But we're a church and we don't have to do that. We can be free of some of those things. And I've said to my team all along, if somebody comes in and asks for something and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I should give that or not and I can't find Kelly, then make the decision in the direction of generosity. Because if we're gonna make a mistake, and let's be honest, we have and we can, will continue to make mistakes and that is fine, um, let's make those mistakes in the direction of generosity. Because I will be a little bit disappointed if we withhold from somebody in need and go, oops, oh, you actually needed that, sorry. I will be a little bit disappointed in that scenario, but I will not be disappointed in the scenario where we gave them too much and went, oops, oh, well, I mean, they'll be happy, right? So generosity, um, and also generosity goes through, they're all interlinked, you know, if you say you need two hampers, then you need two hampers, there you go. All right, so there are three core values. And I will say uh, uh, one of our other values is collaboration and meaningful partnerships. Um, we've spoken about that with Kerry. We really believe that we are stronger together. None of us can do everything. And this pandemic is super big. So hopefully it's not bigger than all of us, but together we can get through it. Kenneth has a few projects going on and I haven't actually even put them all up there because I was driving here going, oh, I didn't put that one up and I didn't put that one up. But let me tell you, um, we, we have some really great partnerships with different donation organisations. So in November 2020, we were able to do a free clothing day. It was so super fun. We got... Um, three pallets full of brand new clothing and accessories from Big W through a service called Good360. Again, though, this is a great demonstration of collaboration because Good360 released these clothing in 15 pallet lots. 15 pallets? That's a lot, guys. I don't know if you know what a pallet, but I'm very well-versed in pallets now. Okay, and 15 pallets is a lot. So I rang up Beck from Wildpath, who is in part, who is part of the Turning Point network of churches, and I said, "Hey, Beck, have you seen this 15 pallets of clothes on Good 360?" She was like, "No." I was like, "Go look at that." And so she went and looked at that. She rang me back. She's like, "Oh, we're going to do that." I was like, "Great. Can I have three? And they picked it up, it was the best. So they picked up 15 pallets in a big flatbed truck. They threw three pallets of clothing over to us and we sorted it and we put it, probably filled half of the auditorium. I'm speaking into the clicker. <laughs> half of the auditorium. <laughs> All of 
of the foyer and we invited everybody and anybody in to come and grab some things and people were so blessed. They got new shoes and handbags and accessories and tops and clothes and bathers and knickers and bras and it was the best, right? So we did that. We're going to try and do that again. We have a plan. I'm not telling you yet. Our second project was we did apply funding for funding through Vic Health for a project called Fresh Food for All because lots of people were asking us where can we get fresh food and we had a little bit of an access to fresh food but to be honest it was kind of sloppy seconds yeah we you know picking through some of the squishy things and I don't know if I don't want to eat it I don't want to give it to somebody else to eat yeah that's a solid rule at CareNet if you're not going to eat it don't expect someone else to. But what we've been able to do, we were unsuccessful with the funding, but we have had a private sponsor come in and sponsor this. So we have partnered with another service called The One Box. The One Box is a not-for-profit agency that deals in fresh produce. So we are able to now purchase 12 fresh produce boxes, half of which we open up and offer to people, and half of them, some of our clients have popped in um, a small financial donation of whatever they can afford, and they get a whole box of produce put aside. So I can buy a five kilo box of seasonal fresh market quality produce for $8.50. That's really great. And that picture is a picture of what is in one of the one boxes. So we're doing that. So we have increased our fresh produce. We've also increased that with the partnership with Aldi. Uh, we do get a lot of good things through there, although there was the strawberry incidents and that was a lot, wasn't it, Lorna? Mm, that's okay. We won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Every year from 2017, we've done Christmas hampers for Berry Street for the young people that are experiencing homelessness there. And since CareNet has started, we've also provided every client in, uh, in CareNet uh, with a Christmas hamper as well. And last year, we were even able to provide... Um, toys, brand new Christmas toys to help with Christmas. And actually only about a month ago through Good360, I was able to buy $2,000 worth of brand new Lego for $100. Yeah, so I've got a cupboard full of Lego out there, which is really helpful because you know what, during this last lockdown, we did have a mum come in that had just fled family violence in the last few weeks. Um, she's completely relocated her life and she's got all the emotional stuff going on with that. And she had four boys in her household that were climbing the walls because they were locked in. It was terrible weather and she was just like, oh, Kelly, help me. Um, and, you know, one of the, the three-year-old rocked in with no shoes and pants that didn't fit him. You know, it's people are in hard times. And so we were able, again, generosity to say, let me give you some Lego. And she cried. The boys were stoked. And look, let's hope she got half an hour's worth a piece out of that. I don't know. It might have happened. Um, but yeah, so we, we are able to do our Christmas hampers and we will continue to do that. And we also have the project that is the mobile pantry. Actually, before I tell you about that, we have also a bike program. Um, Emily and Matt from here, Crowley, um, they source uh, kind of discarded bikes. They, Matt and Emily do up, they do them all up, clean them up service them and then we give them back out to families um, who need them and actually the other week a, we were able to give a dad and a son a bike and he came back into our service last week and said Kelly I've never gone on a bike ride with my son before but I did last week so isn't that incredible yeah so and that was all Matt and Emily's idea they came to me and said Kelly do you think we could do this I was like yes I think we can so they do that um, there's one more project oh the op shop corner Lena Lena manages our little op shop corner so 
And we, lots of our clients come in and they, they go through that. And right now, we actually have brand new Sheridan um, single sheet sets and towels. I know, guys, Sheridan. Mm -hmm. Dignity, that's what I'm telling you. That was through the Sleep, the sleep Safe project that Sheridan runs. So we, and actually, um, in partnership with Diamond Valley, that we got some of those. So that's wonderful. And now the trailer. The trailer launched last week, again in partnership. The trailer is running in partnership with Warrandyte Neighbourhood House. Uh, we did some service mapping of where is the food relief in Manningham and we found that there were a few spots where food relief was far away from those communities, Warrandyte being one of them. So we spoke to Emma, who is the manager of Warrandyte Neighbourhood House, with Chris's help and we launched the, the pantry there last week. So we were able to help a few families and have conversations about food insecurity and the service with a whole lot of people that were passing by for the library and whatnot. So we'll be doing that weekly for at least the next six months. And we will be looking for a second location for the trailer. We have something in mind, but um, we need to have some conversations. So CareNet is on the move, which is great. Yeah. So we have a lot going on. Did you know that CareNet did all of that? No. no. Did you kind of just think CareNet gave food out on a Tuesday? <laughs> That's why I was so excited to talk to you because CareNet is huge. And CareNet is not just one of us, you know. Um, CareNet is in partnership with a lot of services and they're really meaningful, open and honest partnerships. So where is CareNet going in the future? because we have more and more opportunities coming our way. Um, so on the left there, in the near future, CareNet is going to try to increase its hygiene and cleaning supplies because when we give people those big ticket items that they're, they're quite expensive in the shops, that diverts that portion of their income to something else, yeah? And we are actually, we've made really good headway in that. We've been given some money by Help 3095. They did fundraiser and they decided to give some of that to us. So we're going to create a laundry and personal hygiene refill station. So we're going to buy in bulk and decant it as we need it. So that'll be really good. We're looking for a second location for the trailer and we're also increasing our donation points. Right now we have a donation box at IGA. We have a donation box at Now and Not Yet Cafe in Warrandyte. Um, so if you're ever in the Warrandyte area and looking for a meal or a hot drink, go there because they're a not-for-profit cafe and they're fantastic. We also have a donation point coming up at the Warrandyte Neighbourhood House, so just down the road from there, so that's great. But we are going to look at some more donation points. And um, we do often have a trolley in the foyer here if you wanted to bring in some non-perishable in-date um, items that we're happy to put, happy to receive. We're happy to receive all kinds of things. Um, and then kind of longer game, when I think about where Kenneth is going and the rate of growth and the opportunities that are presenting themselves to us, um, we are going to need more space and storage. We are doing our very best to not take over that mini room. Really trying, guys. Really trying to not take over the mini room. But right now there's about 2,000 nappies in there, so 
sorry. Um, we also need to increase, and we need to increase our space. In our future, we, we would have opportunities for co-located services. Um, you know, the, the need for food is expanding and st storage is somewhat something that a lot of services do um, struggle with. And actually, the partnership between Diamond Valley and us is that we receive all of the food from the food drives and all the things that they do and we manage our food bank account and their food bank account. It all comes here. My amazing volunteers package it up and then we send it back to them in form of three different hampers. With Green Hills, we also send them loose food because their pantry looks different. So they don't want hampers because they would just have to unpack those hampers. Um, so we send them loose food and there's food going out all over the place. And um, so we've become a bit of a central point for that food collective, which is a great role for us. It's really good. So storage and space is something that we really need to look at. Um, and it'd be great to have a, a fresher looking building. This building has served us well, and we're doing great things out of this building, but you know, a lick of paint and um, some new furniture might not go astray, yeah? And that's all about let's build this as well. Um, we also need to increase our cold store. Right now we're running off two domestic fridges and two domestic freezers. One of those freezers is, I reckon, older than me. I know you're thinking, what, a 25-year-old freezer? <laughs> Um, but it is the ice is starting to come out. So we do have a funding application in to increase the, to buy some commercial fridge and freezers. Um, but look, who knows whether we get that or not. But we, we have a little plan, we're doing our best. And, I, and in our future, there will be paid staff as well. So the oversight and the church are looking at that we're, and we're looking at funding too, because CareNet now takes pretty much five days a week of coordination. We're in three different locations, like we're in different locations operating three days a week with lots of people so it's a really really great service that you have all built so when we talk about CareNet it's I'm not talking about CareNet that it, CareNet is not separate from the church CareNet is your baby yeah um, CareNet is something that you guys have achieved because you have prayed into this, sown into this, you have volunteered into this, you receive the p people that come from CareNet into the church, you know, you're all part of this. It is, it is everybody's achievement. So I just want to say a big, big thank you. Um, there's nothing else oh, to say other than um, thank you. There's lots of new things in our future. There's lots of new partnerships in our future. We're talking to new services all the time. I haven't even told you all the services that we touch and use, um, but we, you know, and people come from all around to come and, and get things from us. So in the coffee time, we're gonna have coffee and Lorna and Alison have made some yummy homemade cakes and biscuits for us to enjoy. My volunteers, my CareNet volunteers are going to have a black apron on with our new CareNet logo on it. Ooh. Um, if you would like to, if you have any questions or you'd like to go and ask them what their favourite thing about working for CareNet is, go and seek one of them out, ask questions. And also Michelle and Ellie and Chris and Kerry, yes, 
are all available for to have a chat with too. So just a reminder, Michelle is from Manningham City Council, Ellie's from Green Hills Neighbourhood House, Kerry's from Diamond Valley Community Support, and Chris was from Ajani and has a very good understanding of Manningham as a, as a council area, all right? So am I throwing back to you, Matt? I'm throwing back to Matt, but thank you guys because this is incredible.